In football, anything can happen on the field, and your level of confidence determines how you handle it. The same goes for moving, and it's why Penske Truck Rental equips you with as much confidence as possible to handle whatever comes your way. With newer, cleaner, safer trucks, Penske Truck Rental will help you move with confidence. Welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. We're here in the college football playoff rankings release live reaction room. Barton, and there is no excitement whatsoever as almost our entire 10 has stayed the same from last week to this one. Uh, I was I was curious to see if we would get some, some shakeups in the top 10. Uh, we will go through the order here in just a little bit. We want to turn the spotlight to the group of five and highlight an activity we had this week. Is this? Do you think this was the one where they had the hardest time selling the drama? <laughs> I don't even think they tried. They didn't even try to sell the drama, really. Yeah, Reese they Davis were, was just like, okay, one's Alabama, two's Clemson, let's go. Right, right. Uh, you know, Joey Galloway's up there being like, he didn't say anything because there's nothing to say. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, look, nothing happened this week. And so it's really just about, let's, you know, it's about trying to interpret uh, or decode whatever Rob Mullen says and see if we can we can glean anything from it. Uh, so real quick, we'll run it down. Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Michigan 4, uh, Georgia at 5, Oklahoma at 6. I'll draw a line right there. Barton Simmons, do you think that there is a team from outside that top six, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Georgia, Georgia and Oklahoma, excuse me, I'm drawing the line above LSU. Uh, do you think that – the top four teams at the end, not what should be now, but do you think that our top four at the end will come from that group? Uh, do I, I think it will. You think it will. But I, but I also like, I still think, let me see if I want to, how I want to phrase this. I mean, we both still agree that, look, if West Virginia wins out, if Ohio State wins out, I think those two in particular, given who they would have beaten, I feel like they could jump a lot of people. Now, the 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 problem that you know, Michigan and Notre Dame, I mean, one, two, three, four all control their own destiny. One, two, three, four, five all control their own destiny. They all control their own fate. So, uh, and I don't necessarily expect chaos among the, that group. So, so yeah, I think it'll come from the top six, but I don't think it has to. The uh, lowest ranked team at this point in the rankings process to make the college football playoff was Michigan State, which was at number nine in this spot. How about this one? There have been 28 college football playoff rank sets of rankings released so far in its history as we are here in year five. Alabama's been number one in 15 of them. We're going to look back at this generation of Alabama and we're going to like be in awe at the dominance that we witnessed. I'm that's why I've I've really switched back into sit back and enjoy it mode. I can't I can't I can't be a hater, you know? Hate doesn't look good on this. 
There's just oh. there's there's too much to like here. How about this? All right, so um, you know, Reese Davis mentioned this in the unveiling, and it was one of his first questions to Rob Mullins, athletic director at Oregon and chair of the college football playoff selection committee. What is the distance between number two and number three? You know, Alabama, everyone in the room has Alabama one, Clemson two. What is the distance between Clemson and Notre Dame? I found two things interesting. Number one, it really is treating Notre Dame like it doesn't have an undefeated record. And it's treating Notre Dame like it doesn't have a whole bunch of wins from other teams, including Northwestern, that are showing up in this top 25. So in a way, if you're Notre Dame, you're like, hey, wait a second, we we belong in in that other group. And then the other thing that I thought was notable was that in talking about the that next group, he did not mention Oklahoma. He did mention Notre Dame, Michigan, and Georgia. So I I think that if he is reflecting uh, the conversations among the committee, then you know it sounds like there's a lot of deliberation between three, four, and five. But then everyone seems to fall in line after that, and people seem to understand the pecking order. I think that all of the over analyzation is that a word? Yes. Of of Notre Dame is just for lack of anything else to talk about. And we've done it too. Like we we recorded a segment before this one we're recording right now that'll play later in this this episode. And we I think we talked a little Notre Dame, didn't we? And I, there if if not if there was more ridiculousness and interesting things going on around the rest of the rankings like we wouldn't even be having this conversation about Notre Dame they got to win over Michigan they got to win over Northwestern they got to win over whoever else you know I mean what I mean they got a couple wins yeah and they haven't lost and so I I think that the the Notre Dame talk I almost I just I almost want something else to happen just we have something else to talk about because Notre Dame right now really I mean there's no question they deserve to be in, and and I think once they get to one loss, all right, then we'll then we'll address things and 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 see where we go from there. Um, I do th- like I am going to continue to to pound the table about this Oklahoma thing that like they're Georgia's. I, I I'm good with the rankings. I think Georgia at five is right. I mean they look like the fifth best team. Oklahoma six I think is right, but that they're not on. I don't think they're a tier below those. I think. I just I think that this offense is averaging nine yards a play, nine uh-huh. yards per play, and so I'm gonna keep on pounding that drum. That I don't care what their defense is doing. If you have an offense that's that dominant, it doesn't it doesn't freaking matter. Um, we had an activity, and and I'll just go ahead and run through it real quick. Uh, UCF was up one spot to eleven. It's the highest ranked Group of Five team in any rankings. Uh, so there you go. You got that banner, Knights. Uh, Syracuse at 12, Florida at 13, Penn State at 14, Texas at 15, Iowa State at 16, Kentucky at 17, Washington 18, Utah at 19. How about the Utes back in it? Boston College at 20, no movement after the loss to Clemson. Mississippi State 21, Northwestern 22, Utah State Cincinnati, uh, Utah State 23, Cincinnati 24, Boise State 25, which brings us to the group of five in the race for the New Year's Six because Barton, uh, we are hopefully teasing and not spoiling too much uh, oh, a feature, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> a, a feature that's going to run on Friday on CBS Sports. But uh, just yesterday on Monday afternoon, 
the uh, the meet there was a meeting of the minds on Google Hangout uh, to discuss a, a mock selection committee, but instead of doing it the, with the entire landscape of FBS, we just did it with the group of five teams, and we tried to rank them. Uh, though you know, with the best wins, worst losses, strength of schedule, I I found the the it was important to me to to go through the process again with all the voting because it it kind of drives home the way that groupthink can take over a room. I would say that was one of my takeaways. Really, did you find where were some groupthink that you found took over when uh, I felt because and I'm not. I'm not going to throw any allegations out here. What if I start a bunch of drama off this? <laughs> I was I want to hear it. I, I was it. I was voting specifically with my CBS Sports 129 ballot from Sunday. Okay? Like I had a I had a very specific like order. I just pulled it right from that. I didn't ask any questions. To be honest, the whole thing caught me off guard. We've been really busy recently and <laughs> a lot going on. And uh and so I was just you know, I I really did have army that high. I wasn't I wasn't trying to just lead the way for the troops. That's that's what I had, and it took a while for me to get around to Cincinnati because I don't have Cincinnati that high, and so I kind of felt like when when the like the last ones are being held when when you realize that the rest of the room is on an idea that you're not with, eventually you just might cave. Did you cave? You changed your opinion at one point. Is that what you're talking about? Did you change your mind? No, I changed my mind on on Fresno State based on the dependability rankings. The dependability rankings is a super secret Fernelli formula that takes margin of victory and against the spread record into account. Basically, how much can you trust this team to cover a spread? (laughs) (laughs) That's a hell of a way to pick a playoff. (laughs) But I like it. I mean, the... The big debates that we had in that meeting were Army, you know, wh- where do you put Army because they don't blow teams out the same way, say, Utah State blows teams out. Or a Fresno State. Or Fresno State. Uh, and we were and coming Army, off the Fresno State-Boise State game, which totally changed everything for Boise State. And Army does have two losses, even though they are the t- the two best losses anyone's got in Duke and, and Oklahoma. Um. But I think it was it was an interesting exercise. I think the one, uh, yeah, we won't read you. I guess the final list, but I think the one that I, I I went in expecting to push for more that I didn't was UAB because when you look at UAB, they have like the worst strength of schedule in the country. They uh, they have no wins that are of note, and their only loss is Coastal Carolina. It's like you can't lose to Coastal Carolina, and I think, and and in some ways maybe you can you can extrapolate that over to the the power five deal and say hey ohio state you can't lose to purdue that just sort of it just sort of you sort of rules you out can't lose to purdue man dude I, I think that i think that the fact that ohio state did not make a move up the fact that they had the the ohio state defense showed up in a way that it had that that group has been the pinpoint of criticism for a lot of the season, that Ohio State defense played its best game of the year. They beat a quality opponent in Michigan State, and there there wasn't enough of an impression to even like sniff taking out West Virginia or Washington State. 
that Purdue loss looms large over the Buckeyes. And I and like you said, anybody in the top ten, I, I, I think that that the line is right above Ohio State. I think that that law, if Ohio State needs a lot more chaos than anyone else, even though they have the room for quality wins with Michigan and Northwestern left. It or potentially Northwestern in the event that they beat Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. I do. I do really wonder how we're all going to view Ohio State if they beat Michigan. We, you know, all sins may be forgiven if they do that. And I'm not saying they will be, but I, I could. I could see that. I could see that scenario where everyone just short memory. Oh, Ohio State. This is like 2014 again. Man, they're getting hot at the right time. And and I I can envision a scenario where everyone talks themselves into Ohio State. Man, hey, they can. When 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 that thing gets shined up, it's pretty. I so, I appreciate you know, your heart of forgiveness. You know, <laughs> <It's>, I, <laughs> I hey look, I I think that Ohio State. I mean, what 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 was Virginia Tech ranked when Ohio State lost to them in 2014? Well, that was the season opener, and uh, it was early in the year. Yes, it was but the that first game a, of the year. Was, were they a top 25? They did. I know they didn't finish top 25. No, they they finished six and six. They went the yeah. they they beat Ohio State and then damn near missed the bowl game. So there you go. I mean that's Purdue. I know. So I I just just saying. What if Purdue is Ohio State? What if Purdue is Ohio State's Virginia Tech? Just saying. I mean because then you got to everyone looks at this in the in the prism of like where we are now. They're like people don't put themselves in in the shoes of someone that just watched Ohio State beat this Michigan team that everyone has written into the third best team in the country. I'm just, I'm just not sure I trust Michigan as much as everyone else. Wow. Got, wow. I, the, I know. Like, I, and uh, look, they, they, <laughs> I, I, I think that they look really good too. But there's th- this, this t- situation where everyone's like just conceding that they are the third best team in the country, I think is – a strange develop, not a strange development. It's a it's a development that I'm not I'm not sure I'm. I just think, look, let's slot them where they where we slot them. But I, I I'm willing to I'm willing to entertain that Georgia or Oklahoma might be better than them, and I'm willing to entertain that Ohio State might beat them. What do you do with LSU? Because I think they used the right phrase. I think LSU might have peaked, and not in like like is it you know. Cr- Kirk Herbstreit made it sound like it, there was a ceiling to how high they could go from like a ladder up and down perspective. I'm talking about the football team. I think that we have seen the best out of LSU already. I mean, poor LSU. Like, <laughs> like they, they've been fighting this battle all year long. What? They go to Miami and they get a couple turnovers and some bad, some, you know, Joe Burrow and throws for 140 yards and, it's like, well, they won, but who is this? You know, they're not. We don't really think they're better than Miami, do we? And then they go beat Auburn, and it's like they won on a field goal, and everyone's, well, you know, but come on. they Auburn really gave that one away. And then they beat Louisiana Tech, but they don't cover. So we're like, yep, see? Ole Miss, ah, but Ole Miss. Lose to Florida. Oh, look, we're there, you know, finally. And then, you know, we go, we just keep going down the list, and like, no, no one wants to give LSU any credit. And, Look, if if they if they they're going to beat Rice badly, and if they beat Texas A&M at Kyle Field, 
like, are you saying that you think they peaked in the sense that like you think that there's a pretty good like no, you I don't have confidence that they'll they'll beat Texas A&M or no, just that I, I think that Michigan, I think Michigan needs to play its best football game to beat Ohio State, and we may have seen Michigan's best football, but I think that they still have the potential to play their best football. I think that Georgia is playing its best football right now. I think we're yes. watching it right now. Yes. I think LSU's best football is in the past. But what did the best football version of LSU like? Has have they had a Georgia? I guess was the it was that Georgia was the game. Yeah. So that was the but really that's the one. I mean, and and you know what was funny about this, that but, Georgia game is like the red zone offense wasn't great. I think they kicked like five or six field goals against Georgia. But like it was the perfect LSU win because they were forcing turnovers to set up short fields. Uh, they were coming up with like turnovers on downs. That like that was that was LS, that was the best football that LSU was going to play this year. So there's it's one of two scenarios: either LSU hasn't played their best football yet, or LSU has played their best football. And LSU's just not that pretty of a team this year, right? And it might be, and I'm, it might be that one. Joe Burrow's okay. He's he is. I will say this: I'm a I'm a little bit disappointed in Joe Burrow. I, he's been okay. He's been all right. Yeah, and that was I think the what the worst case scenario of what we thought he was. Right. Yeah. All right. Worst case scenario, he's just okay. Well, that's that's what we're experiencing. That's he's and okay. and and now and we're going to expect him. Wait, is he? Is this it? Is this all he gets, or does no, he have he another, another year? one? Yeah, okay. he gets another one. Yeah, I ex- I expect next year will be better. And and then LSU might not be this pretty little participation trophy in the top ten at the college football playoff. Hey, can I uh, can I tell you that LSU, as we're recording this, or just a few minutes ago, LSU landed the number two running back in the country, number 12 player overall, according to 24-7 Sports, and John Emery Jr. Uh, they've already got a 230-pound running back committed that runs like a 10-700 meter. Like, the the running back question is going to be answered. They're, they're going to get <laughs> – next year, LSU will have dudes in the backfield. And they're going to be true freshmen, but they're going to play, and they're going to play well if, if you know, you, you trust the def- – I mean – Long term, I think they're going to be all right. They're going to have players. So, uh, Joe, uh, hopefully, Joe Burrow, you know, keeps on keeps on taking steps forward. I've seen some of the most talented athletes fail because they lacked one essential ingredient: confidence. Without it, listen, everything else is going to go to waste. It'll make or break any athlete, and the same is true with life off the field too, especially when it comes to moving. It's why Penske Truck Rental equips its customers with as much confidence as possible to make their move successful. Penske Truck Rental does this by offering newer, cleaner trucks that are among the safest on the road. Every single truck undergoes a multi-point inspection, and guess what? Penske Truck Rental is going to get you unlimited miles on one-way rentals. So whether you're moving across the country or just across town, Penske Truck Rental will help you move with confidence. And now it's time for our Team on the Move, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Our Team on the Move, Barton, is the Iowa State Cyclones. Now, we mentioned this a little bit uh, as we were talking about West Virginia and Oklahoma in the recap pod, but yes, it is true with a 5-2 and two conference record, the Iowa State Cyclones 
they are in a position to play their way into this Big 12 championship game at the end of the year. Uh, they've got Texas and they've got Kansas State. Barton, as you mentioned, they've got that Incarnate Word game that might have to get uh, canceled along the way. But as we're looking at the Cyclones and our boy Matt Campbell and and going to Austin, a Texas team that you know just played uh, like a, an absolute nail biter once again. What's the the how do, how do you handicap this one? I mean, they got the line at Texas minus three. I'm I'm I can't make heads or tails of this game. Well, first of all, Chip, what is what's the scenario here we're working with? It's got what is it? West Virginia loses to Oklahoma. I mean, is that it? West Virginia loses to Oklahoma, and Iowa State wins out. And Iowa, Iowa State, State wins out. Iowa State has to win out, and that starts with beating Texas. They are a three-point underdog in this game as we're taping this right now. So we we expect Oklahoma to be playing to Iowa beat, State. To, to, no, well, to beat West Virginia, right? And, and so, basically, if you know, we ex- we certainly expect Iowa State to beat K State. So this is really, in a lot of ways, could be seen as Oklahoma as Iowa State playing, trying to play their way into the Big Twelve championship game. If Texas right? if Texas beats Iowa State and West Virginia beats Oklahoma, then West Virginia is playing Texas for the Big Twelve championship, and Oklahoma's left out. Wow. Yeah. But I but but. All right. So, anyways, this is uh, point being is there's there's not a lot of like funky business that has to happen for Iowa State to be in the Big Twelve championship game. No, like, it's not like it's it's not some sort of outside the box thought process to get there, right? No, 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 no. It is. It's Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas, and Iowa State. And out of those four teams, will be our two Big Twelve championship competitors. There's no funky business. It's just. Whoever wins out and who's got the head-to-head tiebreakers, like there will be a tie for second place, more than likely. And so, who those teams are based on their results so far in the regular season will end up determining that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think with this game, as we've as we've sort of take, I mean, look, heading into this, I, I've 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 felt for a couple of weeks that Iowa State's probably a a better team than Texas. Have you? I mean, real obviously, the West Virginia game is the one that uh, was the most impressive. But then they also were able to win in shootout fashion against Oklahoma State. Uh, they beat Texas Tech, a team that I also consider a, a pretty good team. I can't say that I had any particular takeaways from the Baylor game, except for the fact that David Montgomery threw a punch, and now he's not going to be able to play in the first half of arguably – one of the biggest games of the regular season. Yeah, that that's that's disappointing, especially considering, like, what was David Montgomery supposed to do? The pay, the Baylor guy literally wrapped around a referee to swing at him, and David Montgomery just sort of mounted like a, a half-hearted sort of clap Def- back. Yeah, it was like a defense you know. <laughs> slash counterattack from yeah, David yeah. Montgomery. Yeah, this was not... He was not going on the offensive. He was just sort of a, you know, I got to, I got to sort of salvage some pride a little bit here. Uh, so, I hate that he's out, and David Montgomery's a pretty big piece of the puzzle there. But so is Brock Purdy, and and you know, the, this this team with Brock Purdy under center has been one of the biggest sort of flips of any single player, kind of kind of Ian Bookish with Notre Dame. In terms of what 
this team has looked like since the, the true freshman took over. You can make a case he's the he's the you know the first team true freshman All American, even with wow. guys like Trevor Lawrence around the way. Uh, so I, I I still look at this game, and I look at a, a defense that is, um, I, th- I think really sound. Uh, I, I I think that this, you know, especially against the run. I mean, they're they're they can defend the run really effectively. I mean, they're 18th in S and P plus defensively against the run. 18th in S&P plus defensively against the pass. Uh, this is just sort of a balanced, trustworthy defense. And, uh, you know, Texas has been a little bit, a little wacky from time to time. I mean, no doubt Iowa State wants this low. Like, I, I imagine this game being uncharacteristically low scoring. And again, as, as I said, Iowa State has proven that they can, they can get into a back and forth game and be able to hang. They've shown that against big 12 opponents this year, but I feel like the don't Texas Iowa state games recently always feel like they're 17 to seven, 21 to six, like a, a game where Iowa state with its really sound defense is able to get into the fourth quarter with a shot to win. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you wonder if they'll try to shorten the game with David Montgomery out. Yeah. But, but this at the same time, this Texas defense um, you know they've they sure have been awfully friendly uh, to teams of late. <laughs> you know they're they're this this you know the Todd Orlando era is taking a taking a little step back this year. Certainly in the second half of the season, uh, and I know Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech are all pretty pretty healthy offensive attacks. Um, and and before that little run, they were doing okay. But uh, it's it's been a rough little stretch here. What? Do you think has there been another unit? Um, and I guess defenses are the ones. Like, I guess it, has any defense gone through as as many different ratings or characteristics than Texas's defense this year? Because there have been times where you just you you look at that secondary and you feel like, man, that that group is good. That group's one of the better defenses in the the Big Twelve, maybe the best defense in the Big Twelve. But it's hard to look at the last two games and feel that way right now about the Longhorns. The last three, almost. I mean, I mean, Taylor Cornelius. I know oh. he did some work on with his legs too, but um, you know, I mean, shoot, it's there. There are two point conversion from uh, Cliff Kingsbury away from being, you know, from losing three straight, uh, and and so that's what's crazy about this Texas team. I mean, how just. I mean, they lose to Maryland, and then they – and I know we're getting off off track here. Our team on the move is Iowa State. Right. <laughs> but, but Texas is just so damn intriguing. It's, they're so compelling because they're, they're just sort of one of these teams that uh, that always gives you some fireworks on both sides of the ball, and, and you don't know what to expect from them. So, um, and, and I, in, in a way, that brings me back to Iowa State is I feel like you can at least there's – a, there's a consistency with Matt Campbell's team and – especially with Brock Purdy, at quarterback. And I, I kind of come back to that. And I, I sort of trust that a little more than what we've seen from Texas. And that is our team on the move this week, brought to you by Penske Truck Rental, uh, the Iowa State Cyclones. Remember that Penske Truck Rental is always trying to give you confidence for your move. 
They do it by offering newer, cleaner trucks that are among the safest on the road thanks to those multi-point inspections. You can get unlimited miles on those one-way rentals with Penske Truck Rental and just know that the unexpected, listen, it's bound to happen. But with Penske, you'll have the confidence that you need to handle it. Penske Truck Rental, helping you move with confidence. Okay, we were uh, just prior to Iowa State and earlier in the show, we were talking about Notre Dame. Notre Dame, of course, uh, the the news news portion of this, uh, Ian Book going to be starting at quarterback. I saw some chatter from within the the Notre Dame community about uh, what this meant for Notre Dame's freshman quarterback, whose last name is Jankovic. Is that right? Jerkovic. Jerkovic. Everybody's it, Barton. I don't remember him as a as a prospect, but everybody was real hot about whether or not he was going to be. Uh, like whether or not he was going to still be able to claim a red shirt for this year. But with Book starting and with Brandon Wimbush, I think that that issue is put to the side. Uh, in general, uh, Barton, have you gotten a chance to sort of settle with your thoughts and, and figure out what the, the Brandon Wimbush grade is for his performance against Florida State? Help me out with it. I, 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 look, uh, because I was on the road at, at, Notre, at um, Alabama and was driving back in the evening – and I've I've tried to catch up on a few games, but the old forty-two to thirteen blowout <laughs> didn't one. creep up. <laughs> okay, all right, totally yeah. fair. Yeah, absolutely fair. Uh, uh, so no, I, I did. Did you watch much of it? I yeah, mean, I, I was. Everyone the 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 buzz circulating around the interweb was that Wimbush kind of kind of showed out a little bit. I would not go as far as show out. He gave <laughs> you yeah, no 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 no. Okay, he, okay, no, no 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 no. Um, to clarify there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and, and Ike, and this is, I'm trying to figure out a way to, you know, not, like, to give credit where credit is, is due, but I, I really feel like I came away from the game watching it like it was more of a credit to Miles Boykin, credit to Chase Claypool, credit to Alizé Mack. Like, it was... Well, I guess what, Dex, was this Dex Williams rush for a ton of yards, too? 200, yeah. yeah was an yeah, absolute that, that was monster. Story, yeah, yeah, they they had... uh they had the RPO and the zone read, and you know they. It was a it was a well called game, so credit I'm, to Chip Long as well. But we're still talking about Brandon Wimbush completing like fifty percent of his passes and throwing two picks along with three 48. touchdowns. He's under fifty percent. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. it's, it's okay, the old Brandon Wimbush. I mean, yeah. Did you? But I I kind of liked it. Uh, I think it was the Monday presser um, when when Brian Kelly was asked about Ian book or, or something Brian Kelly was like or it may even been right after the game uh Brian Kelly was like you know I don't know I, I don't know if he'll start next week you know uh Brandon Wimbush had a pretty good game we may have a quarterback controversy you know you guys may want to talk about that a little bit <laughs> so which was I mean kind of I think it was is it was like a tip of a cap of the cap to Brandon Wimbush for like thanks for being a good soldier man like you you came in you handled your business when Ian Book was out and uh, and and this is you know we uh, respect for for how you handle things, but clearly that this is still a forty eight percent passer at his core. Right. Yes. That's that is that is what he is. You know, <laughs> there's a lot that Brandon Wimbush gives you, but Ian Book, on the other hand, is on pace to set Notre Dame accuracy records. He's a seventy five percent passer. No. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Um. So. So Ian Book um, back 
what else we got going on? I mean, what do you do? You like have you have you started to dig into your Notre Dame Syracuse? Uh, no, but I, I could use a little inspiration. I can give it to you. Close your eyes for me. Visualize this. You're in the carrier dome. The house is filled. The feeling is electric. The noise is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special teams that has been well coached. You have an offense that will not huddle. And you have a game that's faster than you've ever seen on turf. Open your eyes. That's going to be a reality. That's going to be Syracuse football. <laughs> I uh, I also have this uh, all right post game Friday night after beating Louisville. We had- uh, this is Dino getting a little bit emotional when I guess either the a reporter or the SID lets him know there was senior night and they had an attendance record since he had arrived. We had 43, 43 G out there today. Wow. Wow, that's the biggest one ever since I've been here, right? You, know, you can't say enough. The community coming out and supporting these guys. And, ooh. <laughs> that's really cool. I'm not going to cry. That's really cool. We had 42-7. I'm thinking about Jerry, Jerry Maguire right now in that movie. I'm not going to cry. Uh you know, for those guys to come out and to, for the community to come out and support the seniors with a crowd like that is amazing. And it just goes to show you what we can do here. Because if we fill the joint and we really make it exactly what we call it, the Loud House, our 40,000, we're like the 300 in that movie, the 300. When we're all wedged in there with 300 warriors and they're putting all those numbers on us, it doesn't matter. Our 40, 44, 45, 50,000 can be like 80, 95, and 100,000 down south. And uh, that's what it needs to be. be. That's the advantage that we have. And uh, I've said it, and I mean it. I think it's one of the greatest advantages in college football. You neener, neener, neener. And we're Syracuse, and we got a dome, and you don't. <laughs> He's so good. Oh, man. You know when Dino Babers was born? Uh, I'm going to guess it was, let's see, because isn't he like 45, 48? Give me a guess. Uh, so 50 years. Man, dude, I don't want to make you do the math. I'm just going to tell you. Dino Babers was born in 1961. Okay. I was going to guess like 65, he's, 68. He's 57. He's 57. <laughs> He's like a pretty old guy, and he's but he's he, like you would think. I agree, you would think he's like forty four. He's damn near sixty, but he's getting it done, man. And uh, what is Notre Dame going to do when they run up against a defense that's relentless, uh, special teams unit that is well, well coached, <laughs> and an offense that will not huddle? Dude, I, I, I am so locked in. 
on Syracuse against the spread. Teaser to the Locks podcast. Opening up right out the gates with it. Uh, last time you teased one of these uh, early in the week, I, I I can talk myself into it too, and we both got burned with Michigan State. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what uh, what's that number at? We're, we're at nine and a half, ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, I mean, he's not doesn't have the dome on his side. They're both going. They're playing at Yankee Stadium. Uh, I'm gonna dig into this one a little bit. I, I, I will. We'll, I'll. Notre I'll Dame. No, how about this? I'll, I'll tell you, Notre Dame's the right side. I'll tell you what side I want to be on, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just, I don't. It, it, the smart play probably is Notre Dame. Notre Dame probably wins that game by 14 points. But man, I don't want to be rooting for that. <laughs> I don't want to be rooting for that on uh, on 2:30 Eastern time. Watch out. The game's going to sneak up on you. Uh, okay, let's see. So we've, in general, I'm, I am of the mindset coming out of the Florida State game that, you know, even Brandon Wimbush is Brandon Wimbush. You put Ian Book back into the mix. Notre Dame has proven itself. There's, there are no asterisks that are needed by its name. It, it is there. It, it is right there. Um, and I, I think that probably that's why for the right side, the right side is that they continue to drive home that statement uh, against Syracuse, a very, very good Syracuse team on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Well, yeah, but it's, I think it's a fair point that's been brought up on Twitter. Uh, shout out to whoever tweeted me, and, and I, I kind of saw it coming. Um, but, I mean, this, it seems like, and it's, it's sort of the same, like we're, we're so fickle and we're so instantaneous and, like we probably should if you if you thought that Notre Dame if you had questions of Notre Dame before last weekend you probably should still have questions of Notre Dame shouldn't you are we really going to get super stoked about beating a Florida State team that's quit and what I, does that say about Florida State that we think they quit too on a new coach I, I think that there is based on recent performances I think there is reason to believe that not following the trend of fading in November, which many Notre Dame teams have done, and surging in November instead of fading in November, I think that is worth taking note and saying that this this team has elevated itself beyond whatever Notre Dame's muscle memory has been in the last five years. I think that's well said. I think that makes sense. Because I, I, I'm not trying to take it take it away. I just want to make sure we keep it in proper context. Yeah. That, you know, they did they did beat a Florida State team that appears to have quit. Um, but I, I've I've been a I've been sort of a a defender of Notre Dame, and and I'm still there. And uh, and I'm kind of glad that now we're at a point where Syracuse is we can count that as a you know as a as a meaningful win. And look, Northwestern is going to be they're going to have beaten. Let's see. One, two, three, at least three division champs. Ooh, wow. Not, I mean, maybe three. Um, oh, because of Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've got Pitt, Northwestern, Northwestern uh, and Michigan. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, in a weird year where everyone in the country is five and five, What's what's so bad about that schedule? 
I mean, how about that where Notre Dame gets uh, – it supposedly is going to have a knock on it that it is not – it doesn't have the 13th data point. Like it won't be playing on conference championship Saturday. But when the selection committee is watching all those games on conference championship Saturday, they're going to see a bunch of teams Notre Dame beat. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That strengthens their argument in my opinion. I mean, it's it's clear. They, they went out. They're all good. Yeah. Question is what happens – I mean, let's not go down that rabbit hole right now, but – I think then, then you start, you know, there's there's a lot of scenarios where, you know, you can maybe make a case with a, with a close loss to Syracuse and enough carnage elsewhere. They have a case. I think that if uh, Notre Dame loses to Syracuse, the winners are Michigan, Oklahoma, and Georgia in that order. Where Michigan, like... Michigan wasn't going to be able to get in over an undefeated Notre Dame because the selection committee has been so married to head to head. But if they've both got one loss, then the fact that Michigan's was at the beginning of the year, I think that gives the, gives the committee the feeling that they can crown Michigan with a conference championships one argument. Yes, I agree with that. So yeah, gives them an out. Right, 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 right. So that's a, that's very interesting. All right, and uh, before we get out of here tonight, I uh, wanted to wanted to just unpack this story uh, from Tuesday. Ohio State uh, released a statement after Brett McMurphy's report on Stadium detailed a an allegation that former wide receivers coach Zach Smith uh, went face-to-face with former wide receiver Trevon Grimes, allegedly used a racial slur, Trevon Grimes transferred out of Ohio State. He has landed at Florida. Uh, Barton, Brett's report goes into a lot of different side stories here. The headline that, and Ohio State, by the way, released a statement denying the allegations uh, of a racial slur. Tate Martell is on Twitter talking about uh, denying the fact that a racial slur was used. Johnny Dixon, Paris Campbell. Zach Smith was not getting the support of Ohio State players as he was um, you know, undergoing scandal earlier, but this seems to be one thing that's bringing a lot of support from the team as well as denials from the university. I don't know, Barton, what do you make of this? It was a messy story to get dropped into our laps on Tuesday morning. Yeah, I, I think this is the – in this sort of ongoing saga, to me, this is the biggest Brett McMurphy L he's taken because it's a little bit like – well, it's, I mean, when that – all the sex toy stuff came out uh, about Zach Smith, I was a little bit like, well, what's, what's the what – what's really the point of this? Right. What, what, why do we really need to know this? We've – I mean, there's a lot of ways we've established that Zach Smith's a turd this feels like it's just sort of rubbing it in and and this story and and like I'll grant McMurphy this like he's it's responsibly reported in right, the sense right, that like right. he's done all the due diligence and and cross-checked and you know checked the credibility of all his the people he's talked to and yeah all this stuff and yet so like he's gone down the road of responsibly reporting this thing out and then I just don't think it's worth I don't think this meets the threshold of, of needing to click publish on it. Like it should have stayed in his notes to me because what, what, what do we really, it's a bad look when all of these, when all these wide receivers and Ohio state people are like publicly being like, this is a lie. I was there. And it, 
makes I mean I, and and then like there, there's just sort of this this innuendo that his mom maybe faked cancer. Oh, listen, I and I the thing that didn't sit well with me is that there's not a single reliable like because as you mentioned from a reporter standpoint, it looks like in the in the it looks like the notebook was spilled out into the investigation investigative piece because mm-hmm. he would say uh, the University of Florida Travon's uh, Travon's mom and Travon say that don't listen to my dad I haven't talked to him in two years then Brett McMurphy goes to Travon's dad and Travon's dad is like nah here's the phone call where he called me like, right. like I mean it's just no one no no one party in throughout this investigation is credible and when you have a giant he said, she said, with no real credible sources, even though all of the right questions were asked and all the steps were taken, I'm left with, so, so what? And, and like, I'm not, I'm no journalism, uh, I'm no, I'm no journalism professor, you know, Brett McMurphy has reported a lot more and, and, and more important pieces than I ever have. And that's not really my lane anyways. I'm just looking at this from a, from an unbiased, like unengaged perspective here, like what, what, like this, ultimately this is just like, Hey, here's a bunch of people that said this. And here's a bunch of people that said this, who was right at, I don't know. And it's like, all right, what, uh, like, where, 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 where does, where does this leave us? Right. (laughs) Well, and, well, and I think, and that's where the, the final allegation that I think we, we take away from a big level college football standpoint is that, uh, this was something else that uh, was happening under the the leadership of Urban Meyer. It is, I think that the intention is Urban knew about this, and you know, still continued to let Zach Smith be on staff, right? Yeah, and again, and just but the Urban stuff, the Urban involvement in this is just sort of this circumstantial stuff. Yeah, like you know, like oh, they took a there was a flight, they took a private jet down to visit Trevon after he left school with a couple players and a coach or two and it was during a game week and gasped like what does that mean they were covering something up it's like I mean maybe maybe but like that's that doesn't mean I don't know man like this is this one just sort of this this feels like it's just trying a little too hard and and I and I get there's probably this I got all this info and we're really close to something really big here but I don't think you ever get to that something that's really big, and I think that's probably a time when it, you know, someone should have said, you know what, I'm not sure this meets our standards for actually publish publishing it. Let's 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 sit this one out, you know. Yeah. This things will keep on going though, and we haven't even talked about Zach Smith's Twitter tirade against Tom Herman. Mm. Sucking the sucking the Longhorns into this thing. What'd I mean, you make of that? I just made of it. That, I mean, if Zach Smith thinks that's helping him, that's a it's a bad look. All, all he's making himself look at like is a is a sort of crazy ex girlfriend. I mean, he was screen he's screenshotting uh, Twitter. I mean, he's screenshotting text messages and putting them on Twitter like Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, but like the text messages are just like accusations that Tom Herman said. Go horns. Go horns to. 
Like that ended up Tom Herman look by him t- retweeting the screenshot of Tom Herman saying hook okay cool hook him. Uh, that that's that's sort of the the saving grace for Tom Herman in this thing. He could have looked a lot worse if not for that screenshot of him just being like, "All right, crazy person." Right, right, right. <laughs> he they, like Tom Herman is not normal. You know, like no football coaches are normal, but like Tom Herman is not normal. That is the most normal thing I've seen from Tom Herman is that when he gets an off the wall bat, you know what crazy text message from someone he hasn't talked to in a while. He's like, "All right, go horns." Like. That is what you say. Right. Like that's exactly right, Tom. Like good, well played there. Like that's when a when a when a when a psycho ex hits you up, you just say, "Hey, I, I wish you know, hope <laughs> hope things get better." <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nah, that's that wasn't good at all. I I just you know with like this isn't advancing me any closer. None of this is making me think that anyone at Ohio State is less impressed with Urban Meyer. Like if, and I don't, I, Brett's been very, Brett's a former colleague and uh, a friend and he's been very cool to me at a time where, well, he's been very cool to me, period. And and I am, uh, you know, just started working at CBS in 2010. He was always, uh, he was, he was always helping me out, looking out for me, taking on that mentor role, which I always appreciated when we were working together. But I, if, if there is any just sort of like general continued reporting with the idea that urban Meyer should not be in place, you know, like if, if your drive, if your motivation is that urban Meyer is not fit to be a head football coach, particularly at Ohio state university, this report does not get me anywhere closer to that position. Honestly, it was on field performance compiled with Zach Smith, which again, Brett McMurphy deserves credit for, you know, bringing that to light. It none of this has me being like, man, this is just another thing that Ohio State has to answer for at the end of the year. Right, right, agreed. There's not, yeah, there's no new Urban Meyer relevant news. No, and really, there's not really. This doesn't even really bring any new re- like relevant uh, Zach Smith news. This is a one-off allegation. Uh, like a secondhand allegation, but and I do think that the 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 initial reporting was important and that it was relevant and that it's you know Zach it, it sort of exposed Zach Smith as uh, as a scumbag and 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 it's it exposed some flaws in the way Urban Meyer ran the Ohio State program. But I think we've already established like that the powers that be. Are, are are can live with 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 that with what has already been reported out and they're gonna they're gonna ride with with urban uh, this to your point doesn't do doesn't change that doesn't there's nothing there's no new data point here for those people to weigh and uh, and so I think yeah like it was just, this one was one I could have passed on definitely. Um, All right, we got our Locks podcast coming up here in just a little bit, so make sure that you're subscribed if you're not already. Our thanks to Penske Truck Rental. Martin, thank you very much. Deserve.